Welcome to the Rise Network podcast show, a podcast dedicated to help you reach your dream lifestyle through investing in real estate. We're going to be sitting down with new, intermediate, and experienced investors to talk all about real estate and how it has changed their lives. If you're looking to scale your portfolio or even just get into real estate investing, you're in the right place. Make sure to tune in. Welcome everybody, it's Mayu here today. As you guys know, we like to keep these preambles as close as possible to the date of release. And Austin's unfortunately tied up, hopefully trying to lock up some wholesale deals. So make sure you guys are watching their wholesaling Instagram page at Ontario Property Deals. So it's just me today. I'll give you guys a quick update on my end. Um, myself and Austin have two Burr projects going on right now uh, in Windsor. One's just been wrapped up, so we're moving into the refinance process on that. Uh, the other one's about three to four weeks away from being completed. Myself and Austin, we actually also have a fourplex that, um, let's just call them like filled with squatters. Uh, so we finally got the order to evict them from the sheriff. So two of the four units, uh, we got the order for that. We're just waiting on the other two units to come in. And then, of course, we also have to wait right now for the ban on evictions to be lifted so we can get the sheriff in there. Um, I've also got two renovation slash flip projects going on. If you guys are part of the Rise Facebook group, then you would have saw my update on the Belleville flip project there. We're planning to list it and, uh, you know, we're forecasting a healthy profit, but we'll see where we end up. Uh, second flip projects in tiny Ontario, that one we're planning to do, we were planning to do a full gut random job. Um, and it's about a two to three minute walk from the water. So we had some uh, good projections on it. I had some realtors come through it this last weekend and they actually told me, um, you know, that they'd be able to get me a pretty attractive price on the market as is. So considering, you know, doing a, a wholesale instead of the normal flip projects that we would do. Uh, and also for anyone that follows myself in Austin, uh, you likely also know that we're having the Rise Real Estate Investing 101 course. We get a lot of questions and calls just with people that don't know how to get started in real estate. Like they're stuck at that, like, let's call it like a barrier to entry almost. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, we're going to be laying out a blueprint for this course, but we priced it at about 50 bucks, really. So anyone could kind of join and, and get the basic level of understanding that they need to do if they're just looking to get started. So to be honest, myself, five years ago, when I got started, I didn't know half of the concepts that we'll be talking about, um, but we'll be having different guest speakers that are experts in various fields. Like we have in Corey McKinnon talk about mindset, and a few other guest speakers talking about different parts of the presentation, along with myself and Austin teaching topics like how to calculate the burr, how to like, you know, like walk through some tools, basic ratio, uh, basic return calculations and more. So unfortunately, we are sold out of the tickets, but stay tuned for future events. Uh, we want to make sure we provide you guys with as much value as you can. So let us know if you guys have any recommendation. So this week, we'll be having Tristan Ritchie joining us on the podcast. I know a lot of you guys are also looking at the Sudbury market, potentially as the next Windsor, potentially for strong cash flows and more reasons. So this is a market that you are even like remotely interested in. Me and Austin interviewed Tristan as two individuals that don't know a whole lot about this market. So we're just curious about the different areas, the cash flow, um, and what Richie's outlook is for the market as a whole. So stay tuned and I hope you guys enjoy the show. Hey everyone, we are joined here with Tristan Richie. Tristan, how's it going, man? I'm doing awesome. How are you guys? We're not too bad. Yeah, so Tristan, I mean, for everyone, or most of the people might not know you, so why don't you give everyone a kind of a background of yourself and I guess your investments and, and what you do. Yeah, so my name is Tristan Ritchie. I'm a realtor in Sudbury, Ontario, so kind of the new hotspot. I feel like a lot of investors are starting to look into. The, the, the thing I get the most is, hey, we've exhausted the Windsor market. Is Sudbury, does Sudbury <laughs> have some good deals? 
<laughs> I feel like that's me too. That's what I, yeah, blame yeah. Austin. I blame Austin for driving oh, so much traffic God. to me. <laughs> and driving traffic to Sudbury as well. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sudbury locals. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. It's all fun. Helps me too. Helps my business. Yeah. So I, I own a few properties. I've been addicted to real estate since my dad told me about the concept of refinancing and OPM, other people's money. So I, since then, I've been following him to all his deals, learning him like from him. And he's like an investor. He invest, He has a couple fourplexes. He owns a mobile home park around here in Sudbury. And I just, I just love it. So since then, I got into real estate to help other people do the same. Awesome, man. So you, you started off going into the realtor path. Why don't you tell us a bit about that? So what were you doing before real estate? Why did you become a realtor? And how did that lead up to your first investment property? Well, actually, I bought my first investment property first. So when oh. I was in my third year university, so that's kind of what like my realtor then he's one of the most forward thinkers in the Sudbury market. So I, I he was like inspiring me. And he's like, Hey, you've done a deal already. You love investing. He's like, why don't you get into real estate and help other people do the same? So did my course and the rest is history. So how many years have you been investing for and how many years have you been a realtor, I guess? Seven investing and five as a realtor. That's awesome. And then See. the years before that, like following my dad around, you know, he would always the little, the little tips, like bring a coffee when you go meet your mortgage broker, things like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So before we dig into the fundamentals on Sudbury, like I, I know you're also as like a realtor, your name pops up a lot. I know on social media, you, you're like super active. So I just, I'd, I'd love to hear like, you know, as a realtor, how did you help yourself stand out? Like what's, you're really big on social media. What's the play there? Just like overall, like how you got successful as a realtor. Yeah. So I think I got pretty lucky from when I started. So I st when I started five years ago, yeah, there was social media out, but it wasn't really used as much in Sudbury as it was like down South. So I, I try to learn a lot from like realtors that are doing things down South because they're, they're usually a couple years ahead. So when I brought some of those tips to Sudbury, like making videos, like trying to just give tips online. So pretty much giving free content like you guys are doing, you know, like with the, the rise network, like that's awesome, right? You're just giving away information to people. So that's what I decided to do in Sudbury with videos and as, as much as I could online. And eventually like the first year you don't see much return, right? It's kind of like you're doing all yeah. this work and like, there's not much traction, but then people start to say like, man, this guy must be an expert because he just keeps doing it. He keeps <laughs> all these new tips, all these, all this like new information. So that's basically, I was the first in Sudbury to do the videos, which really like I got lucky because no one else was doing them and I just started. So that, that pretty much gave me my head start. Now I just get all the recurring business through there. That's awesome. I wouldn't consider it luck, man. You found an opportunity. You kept through it because a lot of the time, as you were saying, like shit did not pay off, but it was just consistency and, and keeping, keeping it going. Right. And that was the same thing with rise. When we started it up for the longest time, it was stuck at 700 members. And then at a certain point it just started growing and now it just growing exponentially. Right. Like if we were to quit, then that, that would have never happened. So huge props to you for that. So, so you've been a realtor for a couple of years and how has the market changed since you first became a realtor to now? I'm sure the dynamics have changed quite significantly when you were starting off where there i'm assuming many of the investors were local clients right are you seeing a yeah. lot more out of town investors nowadays way more out of town investors it's crazy how the market's changed in Sudbury. you talk to anyone that we've never seen a market like this with holding off offers like multiple offers on most properties so it's it's a whole new ball game but it's a little bit it, it's still fun because you're it's more active. So you have to be more on the ball. So like the agents that are, that understand the market are getting paid the most. 
right? Because you, mm-hmm. you benefit from that. So there's a lot more out-of-town investors and also out-of-town people looking to buy a home in Sudbury. Like we're basically, if, if you own a home down south and you're, you're a million bucks, downtown Toronto, you sell it, you make a million, you come up here, you're like a king living on the lake. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got you got a boat, you got a mansion, like you're, and you're just living the good life. And with working from home, we, we're seeing a few people come up with big budgets trying to live in Sudbury. Mm-hmm. But also just our opportunities with cash flow at the moment until all you guys scoop everything up. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so on that topic, I'm I'm curious, like what are what are we looking at in terms of numbers? Cause myself in Austin, we we done and we still do Windsor pretty heavily. But like if we were to talk about a single family house in Sudbury, what standard are we looking through at? Bed, through bed, one bath. Yeah, standard like well, yeah, like with a basement, unfinished basement or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you're probably looking at eighteen fifty. Oh wow. And that's Rent. that's plus utilities, eh? Yeah. Purchase oh, wow. one of those 1750 to 1850. Like obviously there's so many things that could vary, like the condition of the house and stuff and yeah. the location, but yeah, you could be pretty comfortable with that. There's a few semis that sold recently that around the 250 mark that rent at that price. So if we're talking about like a decent three bed detached house in a decent area, like a rental grade area, we're not talking about like the waterfront, like whatever, but what are we looking at in terms of like purchase price? And we're talking unrenovated quality. And then what are we then talking about from like an after repair value perspective? So the under 300,000 is a little, it's kind of tough now to like the 250 mark, you get something that doesn't need like a foundation repair. I'm talking very general here, of course, but, and then you're looking at ARVs of up to 350 to 400, depending on the quality of workmanship and things that you're doing to the property. Interesting. Um, so yeah. I guess we can take a, a step back. So uh, obviously one of the big things we do when we analyze a new area, and you can help us here as well, because Mayu and I are not as familiar with Sudbury. A lot of our listeners are not super familiar with Sudbury. So this is a great opportunity for us to kind of pick the brain of an expert, uh, both a realtor and an investor who, who's been there for, for years. So in terms of Sudbury, what areas are there comprised of? So in Windsor in particular, we know that there are different like the downtown, there's Walkerville, there's Fort City, there's like different pockets of Windsor. In Sudbury, what is it comprised of, of the main area, not not the outskirts? Yeah, so the main areas in, in greater Sudbury proper, uh, there's the new Sudbury, which is probably the biggest, the second most expensive. The most expensive area that you're looking at is the south end. So when you come first come into Sudbury, you enter into our south end, and you're, the average house price is $80,000 above anywhere else in Sudbury. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like the cream of the crop, like the, the designer area of Sudbury. And then you got I'm the... I'm sorry to pause. You're not looking at rental properties there because the prices don't make sense for, for rental. Oh, no, right? you are. You are. My, oh, my wow. dad, I'm, I'm buying my dad's fourplex off him next year and that's in the south end. But awesome. I'm not looking for cash flow, right? You're just, I'm basically going to break even and it's going to pay uh, pay itself down in appreciation over time. So Gotcha. Anyway, so yeah, there's, so south end, you Sudbury, there's Minnow Lake, which is an up and coming area. So I think I seen one of you mention the KED, the Kingsway Entertainment District that's going in. Mm-hmm. So that's going in between New Sudbury and Middle Lake, which so is- So why don't you just uh, quickly talk about what that is, the uh, the KED. Yeah, so it's a new arena and a place where we can have concerts because um, right now our old arena is getting pretty dilapidated. So it's a little bit in a different location. So it's not in the downtown core, like most cities will have it. They, they're deciding to build it a little further, kind of out on, on the Kingsway, which is why it's called the KED. And it's between New Sudbury and Middle Lake. So- I did some research two years ago, me and my, my broker there, we were 
cities that have these entertainment districts. So it's going to have a casino as well and an arena and obviously little businesses and all that areas surrounding there will have always will increase in value depending how close you are. So one kilometer was a certain amount. I can't remember the exact numbers. So I believe the middle lake, those areas are up and coming in the next five years. It might Although seem like an interesting Airbnb play actually there, right? Cause it, it's, it's so close to the new complex where it's going to be developed. Yeah. Do you guys do Airbnbs? Not yet. Any? No, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but no, that seems like can... an interesting opportunity. Man, it does. I, yeah. there's a, there's a property manager here in Sudbury that she, she rents like a one bedroom. She's renting a one bedroom for a thousand dollars a month, which is like pretty decent in Sudbury. That sounds pretty and, good. And she Airbnbs and bees it. So she like subleases it. Oh, so it's Airbnb arbitrage. Yeah. And she's making a decent amount on top of that. So if you just have your own one bedroom and you're doing your own Airbnb, you can make in like 50% more than just regular rent. Yeah, I haven't gotten into it yet, but yeah, it's be kind of cool. cool. So, so Minnow, you said Minnow Lake, right? Minnow yeah. Lake, M-I-N-N-O-W. Yeah, okay. I, I think, yeah. Austin, we were looking at something in that area, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's like the, you would say it's a B area, right? B minus. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. There, there's new subdivisions in Middle Lake as well. Yeah. So certain yeah. areas are, are a plus, but others, yeah. B to a. Oh, gotcha. And then what else pockets are there in Sudbury? We heard a lot about flour mill Donovan <laughs> and I think it was little Britain, okay. little Britain, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the, that little Britain's like a pocket within a pocket. It's like the West end, but it's right in between the Donovan and the West end. Mm-hmm. It's actually not too, too bad. And so the flour mill and the Donovan are our lowest, I'm going to be careful what I say, lowest income areas. Mm-hmm. So you're looking in those places. Yeah. You can get some great cash flow, but there's, there's 85 of the landlord and tenant board disputes are from those two areas. Interesting fact. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh. so yeah, the cash flow is higher, but you're also, you might be dealing with like, it'll be more work. So, so are there pockets in Donovan and flour mill, which are better than others? Or would you say that entire pocket is kind of all the same, or there's some neighborhoods within those streets? And actually, before we get to that, mm-hmm. our majority of the investors, if you're a cash flow investor, are you looking at the Donovan and flour mill? Is that like, if your objective is cash flow, yeah. Burr properties, which like 90% of the people listening to this, that's the objective. Yeah. Are you essentially looking at Donovan and flour mill? Honestly, you can. Yeah. Uh, yes, you are. And, but there's other areas as well. So that's where you'll get the cheapest. Mm-hmm. And the thing is you, you build a product that people will want people, you'll attract the people that you get. Right. So if you have a higher quality product, you can still get decent tenants there because it is close to downtown. It's walking distance to a lot of things. They're trying to gentrify it. So it's, it's trying to be up and coming, you know? Yeah. So it's so not you- impossible. Okay. So if you had to compare Donovan to flower mill and the, and the type of tenant or whatever you want to call it, like which area I guess is better than the other. They're pretty equal. Okay. I, I can't, I can't really say one over the other. Okay. And so like, there, there, is this sorry, like, is, is there a lot of like fluctuations on a street by street basis? Like yeah. just like the, just like the areas that we know, like you could be in like a thousand block of one street and you're good. You're in like the 400 and you're in like a shittier, not shittier. Okay. Whatever. You're in a rougher area. You know, like, <laughs> hey, Mike, like, watch your language. How dare you? <laughs> but is that, is that kind of what, like, is there a lot of intricacies within these areas? Mm-hmm. Definitely there is. Yeah. Yeah. There's certain, yeah. Like you said, there's like one street selling super cheap and then you got the other street that's parallel to it. That is character homes that sell for decent money. So like basically South of Kathleen is still considered Donovan. But you got some nice streets like Bloor, Baker, Mackenzie that are kind of like 
older areas, but they're they're they have character homes with character, you know, like bigger homes and some rental properties. Mm-hmm. But you get the through traffic because it's between downtown and the Nunavut. Right. Gotcha. So I'm not trying to be negative about these places. No, no. Like, I'm not yeah. just every, every city. Every city has those pockets, right? Where there, where where there's up and coming neighborhoods or areas where there's a bit higher crime rates. But these are things that are obviously needed. Like the investor needs to know these things because it is assumed risk, right? Because the tenant quality might not be as sharp as someone in, in Minnow Lake. So so it's good we dug into that. Mike, do you have any other questions in regards to general vicinity or area? Or do we want to jump into the numbers portion? I'll, I'll say something quick about that. Sure. I have a map that I, I drew up and I kind of use highlighters to kind of highlight certain streets and areas. Oh, I love that. A, B, and C. So if anyone wants that, let me know. I'll just forward it to you. That's awesome. That, that's amazing. I I can tell you, I never worked with a realtor who has done that before. So yeah. that, that's pretty awesome that you yeah. have well, that. I spent a lot of time explaining it. So it's, if I just send it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Austin had to make his own for Windsor. So that's good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> One area that we did, we, we kind of skated over there was Little Britain. So I'm just curious. Yes. I, I get that a lot of investors look at Donovan and Flower Mill. Little Britain, are you still dealing with decent cash flowing properties? I, like, I guess like, what are your thoughts on that area? Yeah, yeah, I like Little Britain. It's between the tracks, so there's a like level of separation there, and you're a little bit out of the way. So there's there's not really a reason to have a lot of traffic over there that's un, unnecessary, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah, it's they are a little bit cheaper there, older homes as well. But you have some actually like in the back of Little Britain on some of those streets, you got some pretty expensive like some gut jobs, three units that sold for like three hundred thousand, mm-hmm. all brick. So there's some gems there. But that that's also it's similar to all the all of the West End, which the streams like a long way. But those are all it's like the similar demographic. Mm-hmm. And so one thing I've heard about Sudbury is that there are kind of like these like satellite cities where where yeah. people like I'm struggling to come up with names here. And, and it, the- I guess it's like 15, 20 minutes out of Sudbury, and it's kind yeah. of its own little pocket, right? And there might yeah. be a population of a thousand, two thousand people, and so- and it's all over Sudbury. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess my question there is, is Sudbury becoming like a, a commuter town where a lot of people live outside of, like, I'd have to draw a comparison to like a, a local closer market here. Right. So if you look at London, London, Ontario, St. Thomas is about like 20 to 30 minutes away from London, Ontario. And St. Thomas is becoming a commuter town for people that work in London because London's prices have gone up so significantly. Mm-hmm. You can kind of get these bigger lots and things like that. So is Sudbury becoming that kind of a town where you do have a downtown core, you have people that live in the city, but you also have a decent population that chooses to live in like these smaller satellite cities and commute into Sudbury for work. Big time. And we, we've always really been that. So we have the the three main like outlier cities that are a little bit further away, which is Lively, Chelmsford and the Valley. So the Valley actually has a large population of all Sudbury. Actually, there's tons of homes out, out there. It's about 15, 20 minutes. If you get deeper Valley, it's 25 minutes. But yeah, so Valley was actually the, the biggest percentage of growth in all of Sudbury. So it grew at 20% this year as opposed to other areas in Sudbury, which the next up was 14%. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess what I don't understand though is like, <laughs> what's, what's stopping Sudbury from growing, just like expanding the city borders? Like why would people live out in Valley or Chumsford when, when Sudbury, like, so in Tr- Toronto is restricted by like a green, like 
protected lands and like whatever, right? So we kind of had to bypass that and then expand from there. But like, what's restricting Sudbury's growth? Is there anything restricting? I see the lakes, right? So obviously that's that's restricting on on one end, but on the other end, like the I'm I'm literally looking at Google Maps right now and talking to you. So on <laughs> yeah, the yeah. other end, like near Walmart and so, so on, like that area could just keep growing, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it definitely could. Like the Walmart in the south end. Is that the south end or is that the north? I thought that was north. <laughs> okay. There's two. Yeah, yeah. We have one in the north as well. But yeah, there's there's nothing really. It's it's basically like we're not growing. We don't over the past ten years, our population hasn't grown that much. It's pretty flat, right? Like two thousand, I think I saw was a growth. Two to three thousand. Yeah, I see it increasing in the near future. Although mm-hmm. historically, it ha- we haven't been really growing. So. I guess that's, that's one of the limiting factors as well. You can't just build homes and have them vacant. Right. So, but at the same time, there's these outlier cities is because we're an outdoor kind of city. So people, you can have your, like you, a lot of people from down South are like shocked when they see like people on snow machines, go to school on snow machines, you know, <laughs> that, that happens. Right. Yeah, but in the, yeah. that's mostly in like the out, outlier cities there that I'm not, I don't mean outlier, like in the surrounding cities. Gotcha. I kind of want to jump into before we get into the numbers, I think this transition smoothly into the economics of Sudbury and and what's what's the driving factor of I guess the low vacancy rates and and why why the appreciation is happening now. So in terms of Sudbury, like, do you know the major employers off of your head or like the major industries that employ people? Yeah, big. I know the four main ones, which is the the mines. Yeah. So that that's like Sudbury was built around the nickel mines. We've we've had a lot of it's not just the mines, but also the like subcontractors and the the consultants and all that. And then the number two is the hospital. So we have like we're the northern hub for a hospital here in Sudbury. So if like some of the smaller cities around us need more service, they come up to Sudbury. So that employs a ton of people. We have the CRA. Mm-hmm. which has, I think, 3,000 employees, which is huge for Sudbury. Let's cut and that then... down to one employee. I don't want to pay more taxes. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Joking. Yeah. And then the school boards. So we have gotcha. all the elementary schools, but we also have two colleges and one university, which is re- student rentals are great here. Okay. And, and so student rentals, the, the school there is Laurentian, right? That's university, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it's so in it's the better... Sorry, I was going to say it's in the better pocket of Sudbury, right? So like the numbers are, are kind of diluted, I assume. Oh, yeah. If you buy a house in that area, you're paying five, six hundred okay. bucks. So, uh, so that's yeah. why, yeah, the, the model doesn't work as well there. Exactly. But yeah. but Sudbury so small, like I had a rental that was 15 minute drive, like other side of Sudbury, basically. And I had Laurentian students in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, so like so okay. small, you don't rent anywhere. So, okay. So economics aside, like, uh, you know, one thing that, that caught my eye that we were talking about, the, the population really hasn't gone up too much. And, and that's kind of consistent, I think, with a lot of cities in Northern Ontario. Like, I know you guys aren't that North, but like, if I look at like North Bay and, and some other cities out there. So what's causing the low vacancy rate? Because like, when we talk about low vacancy rate, something must have changed either a supply factor or demand would have increased over the years, but without a significant growth in the population, what would result in a, a low vacancy rate? Or maybe it was always low vacancy, right? So yeah. I guess, I guess what, do, do you, yeah, could you touch well, on that? Honestly, it dropped because we were in the four or five last time I checked and we're now at 2.1, but I don't have an answer for that, honestly. I do not know because maybe they did the census wrong. Maybe their population has been increasing, but I don't honestly don't have an answer for that. And I wish I did. Yeah, that's fair. It, it could also just be 
the rental grade, like I, I think if some owners are letting their properties basically sit untouched and these become like pretty distressed properties that like no one really wants to live in, then you cause huge demand for the nicer, better kept properties, I guess. And one other thing before I got sidetracked there was the the mines. So I know the mines are a major employer for Sudbury, right? So, so nickel mines, if you were to look at like, because you grew up in, in Sudbury, right? Yeah, the last 18 years, yeah. Okay, yeah. So if we were to look at like the last like 10 years, is there like significant fluctuations in like the employment in these mines or mm-hmm. are they kind of like like stable state like or are they growing or like what's what's the deal on these mines? And, and I guess we asked this because it is a common with GTA investors, we hear very often and we heard this from Windsor, automotive, right? Even though it's not necessarily true that it's all automotive. In Sudbury, we hear mining. So when mining yeah. fluctuates, then there's going to be a lot of vacancies. You're not, you're going to get non-payment or rent and all of that stuff. So yeah, just to chime in a bit as to why we're asking that question. Yeah. So it is, it is very consistent, but we've had situations where they go on strike. So they don't get paid for a little bit, right? There's then the union kicks in and whatnot. So I was a little bit younger when that happened. I wasn't in real estate at the time. So I didn't have the full impacts, but I do know we didn't see, cause I always look at the like historical stats and we didn't have a, a, a dip. So that's what the unions there is to protect them as well. So there are situations where it, it does slow down and there is more uncertainty, but honestly, we haven't seen it, uh, anything with the spending, anything change with the spending. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I guess uh, the hospital, so you guys, you, you mentioned that the hospital and the healthcare hub, so usually when I like research a city, I'll just hop on like Reddit and like read up on like what people are saying about like living there and things like that. get an idea if they are. <laughs> this is actually something I read about as well. So, so the hospitals, like what, what is the role of Sudbury's hospitals in the North? Are you guys acting as like, if someone needs like a major surgery, they're coming into Sudbury's hospital. If you're like from like, I, I mean, Chumsford is like obviously too close, but like if you're in like North Bay or like, I'm just looking here and I see like cities called like Burwash, Astaire, Beaverton's Bay, Beaverstone Bay, things like that. Like I love the name. Everyone kind of flocking. Into, <laughs> yeah. Is everyone kind of flocking into the Sudbury hospital for like, like, is that the role of Sudbury's hospital? A little bit. Yeah. So I'm not, mm. I, I can't say exactly like how extensive of surgeries or whatever, but I do know like we're the next step. And then obviously if you can't get your service here, you go up to, you well down to Toronto. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's, so that's I know some people that have to know. go to Toronto, like the kids hospital, things like mm-hmm. that. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So for, for some of those like little, like smaller cities, yeah, we are a, a bigger, same for Manitoulin Island as well, okay. um, which is considered our district. So why don't we, why don't we jump into the numbers a bit, Mike? Do you think it's a good transition into the numbers? So we, we know a bit about the areas, a bit about the economics and the numbers is the part that everyone wants to know. As you were saying in the bed, uh, in the beginning, Tristan, a lot of these Windsor investors are coming down to Sudbury now looking for cash flow, <laughs> looking for borough opportunities. I can tell you just looking at Sudbury I'm on realtor.ca and uh, working with you a bit, I, I've I've noticed that the acquisition prices, the rents are similar to what you would have gotten in Windsor, I want to say a year and a half to two years ago. So there's a lot of opportunity there and there's less competition overall relative to some of the other hotter markets. That's, that's not to say Sudbury's not hot, it's, it's still picking up. I was just curious in terms of, I guess a couple things with multifamily, is there like a going rate for price per unit in, in acquisition in Sudbury? And when we talked about the different areas of Sudbury, like, you know, Donovan, Flower Mill, Minnow Lake, and at the beginning, you were saying the average home price that you're seeing is, is somewhere around the 300 range. Could we talk about, I guess, first, how much is a single family home in each one of these areas? And secondly, what's the average cost per unit for like 
a fourplex or, or like a fiveplex or if if there's no average cost per unit we can just talk about the cap rate like what are the average cap rates that you're seeing these multifamily sell for that's a loaded question so we'll start <laughs> off with the single families do you know kind of what the prices range in in each one of those areas in Sudbury yeah pretty close I guess I could have pulled up the numbers I did it just recently on on some stats so I'll try to go off memory or roughly what we can kind of see so single family in like all the areas or just in general the investment areas I think so so okay. Donovan Flower Mill and Little Britain and also okay. Middle Lake. Oh, Middle Lake. Yeah, yeah. 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 So Middle Lake, I actually did not do that one when I, but I'd assume it'd be close to the West End, although there are newer neighborhoods. So the average house price you're looking at probably over 300 at around 320. If we strip um, out those newer neighborhoods, you can probably get 200, you'd say, like mid 200s? Mid 200s. Yeah. Okay. To, to higher. Like if something's like move in ready, maybe it's not updated, but it's move in ready, they're mm-hmm. selling that like 280. Oh, wow. To, okay. to 300. Yeah. Yeah. Like in, in a good, con- like decent condition. So the problem is in Sudbury right now, we're lacking listings. So investors like you guys are wanting to buy properties, but then there's also, you're competing with the first time home buyers, mm. right? Cause for a burr, like ideally you just want to slap some paint on and do like the minor things, right? Which is what a lot of people are doing with smaller budgets, but then you're competing against Sudburyans that want a home to live in that are willing to pay extra because they That's don't right. care about the investment side of it as much. So then you look at other areas like the South end average house price, which I know is not really an investments, but it's like 448. Mm-hmm. And then you're looking at the West end, which is 300, just over 300. And then the Donovan and flower mill was mid twos, I believe low, like low to mid twos. So 240. I forget wow, exactly. That's yeah. That's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in terms of uh, cap rates for, for multifamilies, what have you been seeing lately? Below, below seven. They used to be able to get above seven. Yeah. Yeah. So used to be able to get above seven quite often, but now you're seeing like, well, sorry, in the flour mill in Dunham you're for sure above seven. No questions about it. Sometimes 10, 11. Oh, Um, wow. Like that's juicy returns, dude. That might, that might compensate for the, 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 but when you talk about, when you talk (laughs) about multifamily in a, in a, I don't know how to politically say this, but a rougher area, when you talk about multifamily, your tenant quality is going to be a bit rougher. rougher, Yeah. But but 10, 11 cap rates, man, I haven't heard that in a while. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's like, obviously it's not everyone, but it's, there are some out there that pop up once in a while, but then you like, you go look at these places and you're like, man, I can't believe these are being rented, you know? (laughs) So there's, there's that part of it as well. Yeah. So cap rates in, in decent areas, I'd say between five and a half to 6.5 is what we're okay. seeing most often. That's, like seven's really good. That's, that's not bad at all. You know, in Hamilton, some cap rates are trading below three, which yeah, is blows my mind. Like people are buying like a two caps. So six and seven is a dream. It's a dream you're come losing, true. You're losing money at two <laughs> caps. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it's, it's all interest right? driven, but so, so cap rates in Donovan, you're saying are, are seven plus if we're talking about little Britain and middle Lake, we're kind of looking between the 5.5 to 6.5 range. Yeah. Middle Lake and little Britain, certain areas, probably uh, maybe 7.5 if you get a gem. Mm-hmm. And in terms of rental income, let's touch on that a bit. So Maya, you asked a bit, bit more about the, the three bed single family. So can we go, can we, can we say how much would a one bed rent two bed, three bed, and a four bed. And let's assume they're all like 
and a part of a department. Let's let's assume duplex, like the multifamilies, because I think more people will be looking at duplexes and triplexes and cyber. But, right? So is there is there a difference in the pockets? Like, is someone going to pay a significant difference in Donovan versus Little Britain versus Middle Lake? So, like Little Britain is considered West End, and Middle Lake are very similar. So those would okay. be pretty much the same. Okay. So, would, so what are you looking at in terms of rent there? Like one, two, three bedrooms, and and let's say so, to the of a duplex. Of a duplex, so or one like bedroom. a triplex. Like we're, we're talking about good quality, like renovated units. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good quality, renovated. Okay, so I'll, I'll still give a range there. So 900 to 12 to 1150 for one bedroom. Okay. So 1150 being a nice, very nice unit, like good lighting and stuff. And then two bedroom, you're looking at probably 11, 1100 to 1600. You could push that a little bit if you got like granite countertops and all that. And then three bedrooms, you're looking at probably 15 plus, 15 to 2,000. Even in a duplex? Yeah. Holy <laughs> crap, dude. Like these are pretty, we're looking at Windsor rents right now in Sudbury for lower acquisition prices. Man, yeah. I'd, I'd almost argue that's a little bit above Windsor. Yeah, it could be. It could be a little bit above Windsor, right? Wow, like I'm just kind of speechless right now. Those numbers definitely make a lot of sense. And I guess I, you, you work with a lot of investor-oriented clients. What? Why don't you just kind of give us a walkthrough of a, a, a deal that one of your investor clients picked up? I'm not sure if you know the numbers of it, but kind of the game plan of it, just to give our, our audience a little bit of a listen as to what they can expect to find in Sudbury on the market. Yeah, cool. Actually, there's a few risers recently, actually since... Since January 1st, the four people from the Rise Group have bought properties through me in Sudbury. Nice. It's pretty cool. Wow. And one of them, she got pretty lucky. It's one, so there's, I call it slipping through the cracks because most of them sell multiple offers. And this is like, depending on the agent and how they present the property, like this one was full of stuff, cluttered, oh. fully cluttered. So it showed super shit. So we walked, <laughs> like, we didn't see it. We were the first people, like they ended up decluttering it a week and a half into the listing after all the motiv motivated people have gone through. So we walked through it. We seen the hardwood floors that were under all that stuff. We seen like the potential for it, the kitchen. So it was 260,000 in an area similar to Middle Lake, but in still considered New Sudbury, like entry level New Sudbury. So a nice area mm -hmm. and separate entrance garage. This is duplex so, or? Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's, she's turning it into a duplex. Okay. Mm -hmm. So all the plumbing was accessible. There's already a shower down there. So we were, we kind of ballparked a 40 grand renovation, 45,000. So that would bring her up to $300,000 worth invested. And of her own money, obviously less than that. She's going to try and put 5% down and live there for a little bit. And then she's going to refinance probably at the, I told her minimum 350. If I can show some comps that show a little bit higher, which I do for my clients all the time, helps get higher appraisal higher rates as well. Yeah. So you're looking at minimum around 50K built in equity, which is pretty significant. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. On a 300 K purchase, what is that? I don't know math, but like one six. So yeah, that's a, and, and that's in a good area too, right? Like this is not like a junk area. That's the impressive yeah. part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, that's again, deals like that happened three times out of all the deals I did last year. Mm -hmm. So they're pretty rare that they fall through the cracks. So like no one gave an offer on presentation date. No, right. Yeah. So it's kind of like had that before. And that was, <laughs> I yeah. love those opportunities. Yeah, those are the best. Are the best. <laughs> the best. Yeah. So the trick though, is to not, wonder why there wasn't an offer yeah right like i'm gonna be honest with you if i if it's a shit house i'll tell you mm -hmm. but if if i say like is it like you i know you have to trust me but you trust me and then you also do your due diligence 
Yeah. Mm. So jump on it, do your due diligence. If it's, if you don't like it after your home inspection, back back out then. So wait, are you buying houses? Is, is home inspection normal on the market? You're like, what? Yeah. Home inspections? Yeah, they, they're pretty common. So really? So so people are locking up houses yeah, with unreal. home inspections? Yeah. yeah. Dude, you know that's a foreign <laughs> concept in most markets in Ontario. I'm kind of speechless right now. Yeah, yeah. Like what? I it's going clean and like yeah 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 no like it's it's you can get so you get better deals if you go without any conditions of course yeah yeah right because if you they'll just accept like I, I just bought a house a couple of weeks ago and that's what I did no conditions and mm-hmm. they they just accepted my my first offer they didn't even counter so that that's the same thing if you well you guys know that right less yeah. conditions the better. So, so I'm curious about the locals. Are they aware of what's happening in the market? Cause in Windsor, it took a while for these locals to realize like, oh shit, we can get top dollar now. Right. Cause like there's information asymmetry, your everyday local, there's not gonna know how crazy the market is. Are you, have, have the locals already caught up to that knowledge or in some cases there's still a discrepancy. They don't know that the market's as hot as it is right now. So there's a mix. There's some that think it's hotter than it is. <laughs> and then there's some that don't know. Yeah. Cause they, they hear that story of the house that goes 80,000 above asking, right. Then they're telling all their friends, they're all like, Holy shit. Sudbury's crazy right now. But little do they know the agent underpriced it by a hundred thousand. Okay. So, so, so like, word has gone around. People know they know that it's kind of hot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> the best is when, like, you know, they there's an unawareness and it's like, oh. <laughs> well, there definitely still is. Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. everyone, right? You talk to some people, they just don't care or they don't follow up, follow it. So they're just like, oh, really? And you're like, yeah, it's been nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like like most markets, like even if you look at Windsor, if you look at Sudbury, they've been hot for like two years now, right? So like if over two years, like you're not going to hear about like a market being hot, you're probably never going to hear about it. But most <laughs> like the average Joe, I think now knows that every market in Ontario is hot, but like Sudbury's definitely gotten a lot of, a lot of heat got coming towards it. Okay. I mean, that, that sounds great. Awesome. You have any other questions? Or yeah. I, I just wanted to ask Tristan about his portfolio a bit. I know we kind of glazed over that. We bombarded you with a bunch of questions on Sudbury and we, we appreciate yeah. you answering it uh, with a lot of detail and with, with stats, but where are you right now with your investing journey? What, where are you planning to, what are your goals in 2021, both with the investing side and with the agent side? So, at first I was all gung ho trying to buy as many properties as possible. So right in well, right now I own three and I just bought another one and I'm just about to sell one as well because I want to buy the bigger properties. And now the fourplex is sixplex, eightplex. I'm making a lot more money working on my business right now. So my niche and like selling real estate. So investing has become a little bit less of a, a focus of mine myself, but I love helping people do it. Right. So that's where I found my niche. So I still want to buy properties, but they're going to be like, I don't care about the cash flow. I want it to be just a self-sustaining thing that I don't ever need to, like, I don't need to go see it ever, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So that's more my uh, focus going. So you're, forward. you're investing in these like a neighborhoods then best tenant quality you can get. That's my goal. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Love it. Yeah. And okay. I guess, did you start off in like those, like, Donovan flower mill areas or have you always kind of, has that always been your investment strategy? Oh, no, you're, you, I exactly did. I did that. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a student rental, it wasn't the Donovan, but it was uh, like entry level in New Sudbury. So kind of like the West end little Britain type of neighborhood and just cash flowed. I lived there and it's still cash flowed, which was awesome. And then I just kept it. And that's the one I'm going to be selling off. <laughs> that's a, so wait, so we never asked this question, but what does a student rental bedroom go for? Mm, yeah. So question. 
man, this is the cash flow is way better with for student rentals. Like, so my house that I, I have there is four bedrooms. There's a one bedroom upstairs, but then there's a four bedroom where I had the students, uh, one kitchen, one bathroom only. So 600 a room. Oh shit. What's the proximity from the university? So from the uh, university is about two a kilometers, 50, one kilometer. Oh, more than that. It's, oh. it's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's what I was saying. It's close to the colleges, but I had university students. It's all across the city. So are people wow. driving to university or are they walking or bus? Like what's the deal here? Get, get this. They were busing <laughs> and they were still that far away. And like actually one of the tenants that, that was a university student, she's, she was my admin for a year last year. And I asked her, I was like, why did you guys rent my place? Like it's so far. Like mm-hmm. you had to bus, take two different buses to hop on a transfer. And she's <laughs> like, well, we couldn't find another place. Oh my God, Mayu. I'm just thinking we take the Windsor student rental market and just bombard Sudbury with that. You know what I mean? Like 600 a bedroom, cheaper acquisition prices. I'm pretty sure the students haven't seen beautifully renovated like student rentals before, or if they have, it's far and few, right? Yeah, that's the, that's the complaint you get from every student. You know, they're mm. living in dumps and they're paying 500. There's a huge opportunity there that I can totally see. And I see Mayu just like smiling now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like I'm, I'm <laughs> thinking like, so is there, is there, are there rules and regulations in Sudbury that prohibit this? Like I know London has a five bedroom cap, but like if you, if you buy a four bedroom house with the unfinished basement, could you not just drop like three more bedrooms in there? And <laughs> Well, as long as you got enough bathrooms. And stuff, yeah, so there's right? no like there's no like Sudbury regulations on like student rentals or Airbnb not that I know of no no it's just it's just your insurance company right that you'd have to yeah. I know a lot of insurance companies don't like rooming houses is what they call them mm-hmm. yep yep so you gotta yeah fair one lease and then I guess seven people on one lease might be kind of tough but... sorry uh quick quickly again sorry Tristan we didn't really get into your 2021 <laughs> goals we we, we kind of cut you off there again no that's um, all good but yeah no so what's your goal on the realtor side of things then in that case where do you want to take your business so I'm, I'm focusing a lot on the investment side and investors. I also, I'm starting a team. So I've been just crazy busy and I'm, I want to have like a, some family time in 2021. So one of my good friends just finished his course. So he's starting in the business. So he's going to be helping me with a lot of the showings and a lot of the information. So we'll be working together in 2021 and trying to have the best year yet. That's awesome. awesome. I love it. So Tristan, we might've already covered this, but generally in our podcast, we like to ask our guests three questions at the end. So I guess five years from now, like where do you, what's your goal in five years, whether it's like investments, your business or your lifestyle. Or, yeah. yeah. So five years from now, I want to have a team of several people in terms of real estate, but like my biggest thing, honestly, is just have a happy and healthy family. So a wife, kids, and just live, you know, the good life. That's not what people want to hear, man. No, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and I want to have a garage in my backyard that has a big go. basketball court. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been looking well, into it already. <laughs> how, how much would something like that go for, you think? Like 600, 700? Oh, no, no, no. Like to build it? No, like, it, like I'm guessing that, that a house with that. Oh, the tough part is like, I don't know how many people would want that. <laughs> you know, like, I, I, like, yeah. it's like having a pool right it's sweet for the people who want it but yeah, like yeah. most people be like i want to park my garage in my, my car in here i don't want to have <laughs> basketball fair enough <laughs> fair enough the second question is is that if you won 10 million dollars today and here's the twist to it you have to spend it in a week what would you do with it spend it all in a week yeah yeah we just changed that someone in the we rise recommended it, it. <laughs> yeah. oh man obviously buy as many properties as possible yeah but then i 
I'd buy, I think, cars for each of my closest friends. But the tough part is knowing like how close is every friend, right? So where do you stop? And then probably houses for all my family. So they have like a nest egg or something. Uh, yeah. It's not, yeah. And then my garage. so our last question if you could have dinner with one person dead or alive who would it be and why lebron james for sure i love basketball he's my favorite player but also he's just i feel like done everything right in his life and career you know he's with his high school sweetheart you never hear any negative comments about him like he doesn't ever nothing about him cheating on her or like do anything bad with the press you know he's always doing the best thing he can in every situation, in my opinion. So, and he's like the best at what he does. So that'd be cool to have dinner with him. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, this pretty much wraps up our interview. Tristan, thank you so much for jumping on, answering pretty much all of our questions and our audience, anyone who's listening out there who doesn't know the side remarket, now they probably have a good grasp. Again, like if people want to reach out to you, even if it's for that, that map sheet where you, where you write the grade scores, they want to reach out, ask more questions, work with you. How could they reach out to you? Instagram or Facebook would probably be the best for me or just through my website. Those would be the two best ways. And then we can connect, have a chat about real estate. And I'd say, do your research a little bit so you're ready to buy. Cause I'm, I'm pretty busy and I'd love to help you, but it's, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to help people that are actively like looking to buy as soon as possible. Absolutely. And also uh, I, sh- I should just mention when people work with realtors generally, and I'm going to mention this on your behalf, pre-approvals are a lifesaver like because because everyone needs to be pre-approved before purchasing so guys like if you're ever looking to invest in any market any real estate asset you should definitely get your pre-approval it helps your realtor know that you're you're more serious and even wholesalers one question i ask is do you have your pre-approval and if not like you know i don't take you as seriously anyways yeah so that's neither here or there we're going to leave all your contact information in the show notes below so you guys can reach out to tristan if you want to chat with him there again thank you for joining us and guys hope you enjoyed this episode remember to like share comment and all of that good stuff because it keeps us going gets great guests on the show like tristan and until next time guys invest smarter and live better